Still riding high from a 49ers win in prime time, and now it's time for a Winky Wednesday. You know our weekly guest Nick Winkler will be pumped up. Why has Jimmy Garoppolo improved over the last three weeks? Notes on Debo, Kittle, a look at week 11 and beyond with the playoffs in reach, and your listeners' questions coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker, along with a very special guest on this Wednesday edition, Mr. Nick Winkler. I don't want to waste any time because I know he's pumped to finally talk about such a big win for the San Francisco 49ers in prime time on Monday Night Football. So let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Wow. Nicholas. Nick, what's happening, my man? How'd you feel about that in uh, in prime time, Monday night football, watching the 49ers come out and just uh, slap the Rams around for about 60 minutes? And it was a it was a quick one. It was it almost felt like 60 real minutes instead of that, you know, three or four hour marathon that we've seen in a lot of games uh, in this day and age in the NFL. Yeah, it was just kind of a smack them in the mouth game, right? You where you just keep running it. It's like three yards, four yards, five yards, three yards. Oh, you lose a couple yards. That's fine. Run it again. I loved yeah, it. Right that, that's, that's football right there. Absolutely. It, it was fantastic. Um, before we get too far, Croc, I want to mention one thing that I saw on Twitter today that was fantastic is you were um, you were, you were <laughs> talking about the celebration after the pick six, and you circled number 35, and you said, who's 35? And Tony Jefferson himself, number 35, <laughs> uh, replied with a, with a humorous animated gif and i thought yeah. that was hilarious so that was fantastic so um yeah I've been come on 35 tony that. jefferson <laughs> i've been randomly like laughing about that throughout the day just because it, it was fun like for him to kind of play along like you know kind of like like oh man you know like like dang that's me it's you know me, that type bro. of thing i don't know it was fun though that was cool Mm-hmm. You forget, and I, I sometimes do that where it's all oh, it's just a kickoff, and kickoffs aren't fun anymore. So that's when I go get something to drink, or you know, you leave the room or something. Um, and a lot of times you miss players that are on the field. Like I was looking at the stats after the game, it was like Trey Sermon had two tackles. It's like I didn't even know he was even on the field <laughs> at all, but he was on special teams apparently, involved in a couple of tackles. And Tony Jefferson was out there wearing number thirty-five, and I didn't even know who number twenty-two was at first. It was like, what the hell's going on? It's like, oh, that's yeah. Jeff Wilson now. And uh, I think somebody shouted us out during the show and and asked you, Croc, does that make him look faster wearing twenty-two now? <laughs> I think it does. Kind I don't of. know. I I I thought he was pretty explosive. He has that short area burst. He's always had that. So in those those first ten yards. The way he kind of comes out, fires out of there, he's always pre- looked pretty quick in that. But 22 does look aesthetically better. But I will say, he actually made number 30 look good. That is not one of my favorite numbers. Reminds me of like Lance Schulters or something. But he looked good in it. Yes, that's a great pull. I Yeah, running backs in the 30s, it's a safety number in the 30s. I, I don't like running backs in the 30s. I think it slows you down a little bit from a, from a number perspective. Um, Wink, how... If you just had to guess, and there's no number for it, I wish there was. Mm. How you talk about how physical they came out in this game, and they were physical on offense. The runners of the football were even physical, and they were physical on defense as well. There's a lot of hitting, a lot of talking going on, and the 49ers really just sunned the the Los Angeles Rams. Right? I think I used that term correctly. Croc, did I get that term correctly? Uh, yeah, you got it. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, it. yeah. The, the, the Rams got sunned by the 49ers. Did you 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 don't get sunned? You sun somebody, right? That's how it right. goes. 
Okay. Ho- hopefully. Yeah. Well, right. That's what you <laughs> want it to be on a football field. Yeah. Yeah. And if you had to guess, Wink, how many pancakes did the 49ers Ooh. have blocking in the running game on those 44 carries? And even, you know, and, and some pass plays too as well, getting out there and blocking for guys after the catch. If you had to just throw a number out, how many pancakes? Because I've seen a bunch of clips and people breaking it down, and it's so much more fun to want to go back and watch the All-22 of a game like this than some of the losses the 49ers have put out there recently and some of the ugly stuff. And you're seeing, you know, some big national shows, and it's going to be on NFL Edge matchup and Matt Bowen and, you know, Baldinger giving it the treatment. And uh, it's always more fun to have a big win like that in prime time when everybody's watching but if you had to guess how many pancakes did the 49ers serve on Monday Night Football 412 Nicholas 801 <laughs> 801 actual retail price oh 810 <laughs> close you're close oh, no, I, I didn't want to go over you know every play it was just like yeah. a wide receiver crushes one of the dbs uh, an offensive lineman pancakes a dude a different guy on the backside of the play pancakes somebody um kittle out in front hitting dudes uh kittle just destroyed von miller on one play it was amazing mm-hmm. it was an amazing display of physicality and just destroying a football team i worry though the pe- the internal pessimist in me worries because it's like okay you dominated but it went perfect the game script yeah. went perfect right <laughs> You get up 14, the interceptions and stuff. Like You don't just mm-hmm. to co- get to come out and run for 3.9 yards per carry on every team from snap one in the NFL most weeks and walk out with Ws. You could try it and hope you get that lead, and then it makes it a lot easier. But the interception, the long drive, the pick six, it's like you're in the driver's seat. You can do whatever you want at that point. It just makes everything so much easier. So as awesome as it was, the Rams sort of allowed the 49ers to play that game. And the 49ers took it to their credit. Uh, you know, and they they took that game. So I'm not knocking anything the 49ers did, but I don't know if the 49ers can just come out there and do exactly that. Some things have to go right at the very start of the game to allow you to do what the 49ers did to the Rams. Well, one thing that we've been waiting on is the 49ers to kind of have that complete game, right? Like have that game where, you know, we talked about don't beat yourself. They definitely did not do that in this game. You know, they won the turnover battle. battle. That was amazing. Um, they ran the ball at will, long drives. They converted on third downs better than they have the entire year. And all of that, awesome, it resulted in a win, as it should. Most of the you know, things I see on social media and, and just talking heads on ESPN was that, okay, this is, this is the 49ers' identity. Like, this is them. This is the football that they want to play, and, and that's why they won. But to your point, Brian, like, can they play like that every week? And so far, again, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but so far, the answer to that is no, they can't play like that. So I am curious to see if hopefully they can kind of turn over that leaf to where they play more like what we saw uh, Monday night, because, yeah, throughout the season, it's it's kind of been the opposite of that, a very inconsistent team, one of the worst teams on third down, um, uh, terrible with the turnover margins. And it's almost like everything went perfect this game, tough We'll see if they can continue what they did Monday night. I hope they do. I hope mm. they do. That's such a huge key too, right? For the 49ers just come out of the gate. And it, it doesn't mean they can't come out and take the opening kickoff and go 18 plays, 11 minutes, 93 yards, or 75 yards, or whatever it is they need to do, march down the field, right? They just haven't had those sustained drives. And it's it's crazy how many times the 49ers were able to continue to sustain those drives and hit those third downs and keep the chains 
moving because it's so hard this day and age. Most of the best offenses in the NFL are those ones that have the big plays. It's so much easier to score in five plays than it is in 18 plays, right? So, like, can they sustain that? It's so difficult to just go out there and march every single time you need to go down to score. Yeah, you mentioned the third down thing, too, and that, to me, was was baffling because you know what the 49ers are going to do. They're going to throw it over the middle, and they were doing it at will last night. It's like the Rams forgot what the 49ers like to do. I, I don't know. <laughs> It was a little bit like the Rams are some, somewhat surprised by this 49ers team, too. But the attitude is like they can come out from the first play and have that attitude. And I think they lost that somewhere along the line, lost their identity. Croc and I have talked about it multiple times on this podcast throughout the season. Who is this team? I don't even know what they're doing, what the identity is. And, he, and I, maybe they found it. Maybe that was the biggest thing that needed to happen on Monday night is to find that identity. And they needed that opportunity. They needed a team to throw them an early interception to have that momentum at home to just get that little edge back and be like oh this is what it is right we haven't seen this since january of 2020 here's that feeling again now we know what we can do and just going out and physically dominating a good team then now they can go oh we can do this to everybody if we just did it to the rams we can do it to jaguars next week we can do it to the vikings we can go get that playoff spot and then we can go even if we're on the road we can go do it to that team wherever we have to go in the playoffs if we're a wild card team so i think that was huge is finding an identity for the 49ers yeah, I think they got out of that game relatively healthy, too. I mean, I know that there's the fractured finger there for Elijah Mitchell, but, you know, that, that seems like something uh, that, that, you know, Lorenzo Neal I saw on KMBR. What, some station today said something like, just tape it up, go play. Like, I love that. that <laughs> I mean, if, if Russell Wilson can have a broken finger and not even use his finger and go try to play quarterback, I'm sure they can give Elijah Mitchell a shot in the butt and – after a week's time, but he actually got, I think he's having a pin inserted too. So then there's like other things involved. So he might have to sit for a week because there's a surgical procedure involved, but, and that's the other thing. Like you brought back, look, you had Trey Sermon. He was active. You had, um, Jeff Wilson active and on the field and running the ball hard. Did you need to give Elijah Mitchell 27 carries? Could you have given him 21 carries and then given those other six to somebody else or something like that? You know, so maybe a little overboard with the usage of of one back who already had bad ribs coming in, right? Right. I'd say about 18 carries and then, you know, yeah, split Mm. up the reps between the other guys, especially since it wasn't just like, oh, it's just a, you know, the numbers favor you, so you run him. I mean, he was running into stacked boxes and a lot of times just getting one yard, two yards. yards. Mm -hmm. A lot of times he was getting stood up behind the line of scrimmage and you just kept running him, running him into that, running him into that. And I'm like, man, at some point in those 27 carries, he, he hurt his finger a little bit. Staying on the offensive theme, I've got some stats here on Jimmy G, George Kittle, Debo Samuel coming up and then we'll dip into this locked on 49ers mailbag a little bit and uh wink get your thoughts on on this thing for the 49ers as they head toward week 11 and the jacksonville jaguars coming up all right 49ers fans there's an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about on your way to work which is a lot of times when people listen to these podcasts check out the get upside app Listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up with GetUpside. I downloaded the app. I was blown away. Super easy to use. You get that cash right back into your account in a couple days. You can move that into your bank account. You can move it into PayPal. You can buy an e-gift card with it. Uh, Tons of other brands of gift cards if you want to do that and buy some. It's a free, easy way to go buy some gifts for a Christmas for some loved ones and friends. It's it's an amazing thing. And when you use 
promo code touchdown by the way you can even get a bigger bonus of cash back 25 more cents per gallon on your first fill up so that's 50 cents cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore get up to 50 cents cash back per gallon on your first tank of gas with the get upside app and promo code touchdown by the way fellas just back to that last point we were talking about with the running backs up 31 to 10, your main back has already carried the ball in the 20s. You you need to waste time. You don't need even a ton of yards or anything. You just drafted this running back who's a bigger running back, and he's fresh, and he's ready to go in the game. Like If you can't use him then, when are you going to put Trey Sermon in the game? And it's not like he's the, the type of back to put the ball on the ground necessarily. Uh, so that's that's seriously one weird thing that I wish we could figure out what's going on with Trey Sermon. But Kyle Shanahan does not want to put him in a football game. And it hasn't been because of how he's performed as a runner, right? His time with the 49ers, right. at least on Sundays that we've seen. So I don't know what's going on in practice. Uh, there's some weird business happening there. But you'd think that that would be a perfect time to lean on him with your big running back you just drafted in the third round. So th- there's definitely something there that we, we don't have the whole story on with Trey Sermon. It's got to be. Well, not just Trey Sermon, but, I mean, Trey Lance as well. Late in that game, all they were doing, they were just going to hand the ball off no matter what. It's like, man, you don't even want to get your rookie in the game. Just just that, just, you know, the speed of the game, just get, you know, just kind of get some of those nerves out. Like, even in a short stint like that, you know, you're not throwing the ball. Like, that could help. And he's like, nope, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, get in there, hand the ball off 10 times in a row. Yeah, I think it was a, a going for the jugular situation for Shanahan where he's like, I'm not going to let my foot off the gas against these guys. Like, I'm going to keep my best guys in there, the guys I trust the most. And, I mean, Jimmy delivered, too, on that fourth down pass to Debo. Like, that may be Jimmy's best pass as a 49er quarterback. Like, that was beautiful. Between three guys in stride, you know, and it turned into a touchdown. Like, I, I agree. I think they probably should have brought in some other guys. Or, you know, it kind of looked like it, too, right? Towards the end of the third quarter, Wilson was in there for two straight series, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, they, they've got a nice, comfortable lead. They're going to rest Mitchell. Like you said, he came in with some banged up ribs. But then Mitchell came back out there for two straight series. You're like, okay, I guess not. Yeah, and even and, the... and I'm, ta- I'm talking about, like, late, late, late in the yeah, game. Yeah, like because yeah, last... took some people out. I mean, we're talking about, like, four minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Where the game was – it was done. And all the 49ers were going to do is hand the ball off to kill time. And even then, it's like, yeah, no sermon, mm-hmm. no Lance at all. Even though you're not throwing the ball, putting the ball in the air at that was interesting to see. Yeah, got to earn that trust with Shanahan. Oh, no. Completely unrelated, but trending right now on Twitter is Wilford Brimley. Did he die? Oh, no. Anyway, I, don't know. I hope that's not the case. If so, Rip, Wilford Brimley, Cocoon, such a fantastic movie. What year was that? 1985. Diabetes. Mm-hmm. He's also a general, right? <laughs> Seinfeld reference. I don't know what's going on with uh, with Wilford Brimley. I don't think he has died, actually. Hopefully not. So we'll get to the bottom of that maybe at another time, uh, maybe during the next break here. So um, so some notes here. Cro- uh, Wink, you mentioned it about Jimmy Garoppolo. You, you know, like the Rams knowing where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw the ball. And after the game, I saw his you know next-gen stats passing chart and, the, and where he was throwing the football. It was, it was classic Jimmy G stuff, hardly anything out. In fact, I think it was zero to the sideline. Yeah, a single throw I think to so. the sideline. But he was dropping dimes. Yeah. Anticipation. You mentioned that fourth down throw was such an amazing throw, and there was multiple other plays that he was just hitting it. And he's just seemed like a different player the last three weeks. We might have a reason why. The 49ers are putting Jimmy G in shotgun Yeah, so much more than they ever did before. Here's um, what's been going on the last three weeks. And you know Shanahan's under center. 
uh, play action stuff. This from our guy Jeff Dini of Pro Football Focus. Last So weeks one through seven, the 49ers play action rate was fourth most in the NFL, which is almost kind of low because Shanahan always has guys in motion, always throwing a ton of play action out there. So 35% play action rate weeks one through seven, fourth most in the NFL. Weeks eight through 10, the last three weeks when Jimmy Garoppolo's played much better, 9.6. So it's dropped from 30 35% to under 10% of the time play action rate with Garoppolo under center, or and not even under center, but a lot of times in the shotgun too, which is the lowest rate in the NFL. So from fourth most, a staple of Shanahan's offense, to the lowest in the NFL, I think we're on to something here. Like, mm. that's how Jimmy operates best. Jimmy operates with that simplified, let me look at the whole thing, let me see it, much like the, the simplified offense he was running in 2017. Like, when Jimmy goes to a new team, he's going to go back to that Patriots-style offense, someone that runs the Earhart Perkins or something similar. It just fits Jimmy Garoppolo better. And th- this Shanahan-style offense might not, might not be the greatest thing for him. And we have, we've seen him not really grow and get much better in it, and I think we know why. Keep your eyes downfield more. You can run tempo easier. You mentioned that 2017 when he first came over and won four straight, he was in a shotgun every single play. He was just out there looking like around, playing some backyard football. Just, okay, I see it. They went back to that. It's smart. Yeah, it's not like he's not a good quarterback or can't figure out what the progressions are. Maybe he just needs to see it and all the other window dressing and stuff that goes on that might help some quarterbacks that might help uh, you scheme something open here and there. Maybe it just doesn't work for Jimmy and it doesn't help him. And something clearly is happening there. And that's what it's going to be now. It's going to be shotgun, and the 49ers are better for it. So keep doing it. I like I like seeing the I like seeing Shanahan realize it mm. and and change it and help out his, his quarterback, make an adjustment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. How about this one? This one from Nick Wagner from the Hard to Believe file. Nick Wagner, of course, covers the 49ers for ESPN. With his touchdown tonight, 49ers tight end George Kittle has now reached the end zone in consecutive games for the first time in his career. Wow. Is that amazing for how much production George Kittle has had? And for a tight end, it's usually a very red zone heavy weapon for most offenses. George Kittle hasn't been that. And even his touchdown catch was amazing to see him go up and get the ball like a power forward and pull down a rebound because that's never really been the style of, of tight end. George Kittle, he's such a different guy. He's more of an on-the-ground, moves-like-a-running-back tight end than a go-up-above-the-rim type of a tight end. And I think that's probably why he hasn't been a huge touchdown and huge red zone threat for the 49ers that you would expect from a star tight end. But uh, that's even still more than I, than I even thought, even knowing that about George Kittle, that this is the first time he's reached the end zone in consecutive games in his career. And the guy draws a ton of attention, you know, every snap. So, mm-hmm. of course, they're in the red zone or inside the five. He's going to probably be double team most of the time. And maybe the emergence of Debo, you know, as that star receiver has really kind of opened things up for him. My only pushback on that is most, you know, good weapons have draw a lot of attention. And somehow right. they still figure out how to score touchdowns. And with George Kittle – throughout his entire career, that just hasn't been the case for whatever reason, no matter who's on the field with him. Right. And here's one for Debo Samuel that is probably not something that's super surprising with what's going on right now. But the 49ers' history at wide receiver, ever since they were you know, blessed with so many great ones for a long time, and Rice and John Taylor and then Terrell Owens, it's been a little bit slim. Since 2003, the most receiving yards by a 49ers wide receiver, Anquan Bolden in 2013. That was an aging Anquan Bolden. He had 1,179 yards. Crabtree the year before in 2012 had 1,105 yards. Bolden the next year, 2014, 1,062 yards. 
This is the most wide receiver, most receiving yards by a wide receiver in a season for the 49ers since 2003, which is basically the end of the Jerry Rice era. Wow. Fourth, Debo Samuel in nine games, 979 yards. How insane That's is crazy. that? Yeah. And that's not including his rushing yards, which I'm sure would put him over a thousand all-purpose yards. Yes, he's well, not, I don't mean yeah. all-purpose, all but a uh, thousand yards from scrimmage because he does have some kickoff returns too. So all-purpose. So all-purpose would be even higher. Yeah, um, Debo's number three in the NFL right now in in uh, yards from scrimmage. Jonathan Taylor is one, then it's Cooper Cup, and then it's Debo Samuel. Wow. And they're all pretty close. Yeah, I think I think Jonathan Taylor. I saw the stat last night. Jonathan Taylor's a little over twelve hundred, and then Cooper Cup and Debo are both around eleven hundred. So that's pretty amazing what he's doing. He's on a nearly two thousand yard pace. That, that's I mean what he's doing right now, and in a seventeen game season, he's going to shatter Forty ers records. He's going to come up on Jerry Rice's all time receiving record, which is eighteen hundred yards. Something wow. crazy. If Debo they keep figuring. Knock on wood, if Debo could stay healthy, that's the one worry. That's the only thing I'm worried about. We, Croc, we talked about it in the offseason. Like, don't don't bury Debo behind Brandon Ayuk. And we didn't think it was going to be to this degree or anything. But we're like, dude, Debo's good. And Debo can be utilized much more as, as, a, as a downfield wide receiver, too, and do all the other things he can do after the catch. But the one thing we were worried about, can he stay healthy? He's always had yeah. been dinged up, and he creates all that power and pressure into the ground and that low those, those nagging lower body injuries he doesn't have a lot of major injuries but i'm worried about that knock on wood he's been the almost the entire offense for the 49ers hopefully he can stay healthy and he's gonna put up some crazy numbers this year he, he had some injury things early at south carolina you know eventually kind of grew out of that i think the injury bug that we're kind of talking about is really solely because of last year and it all stemmed from the broken foot in the offseason not being able to get in the shape uh playing shape Rushing out there, tearing his hamstring, trying mm-hmm. to come back too soon, tore his hamstring again or whatever he did. So I'm not sure if he's as injury prone as most people kind of believe. His rookie year, he missed one game against Washington in that pouring rain that game. He didn't play that, but Cypher Knight played 18 games as a rookie, you know, when you include the playoffs. So I'd say he's a little healthier than most people give him credit for. Okay, yeah, that's what I was wondering about. I felt like there were some other injuries that kept him sort of questionable and iffy and like he played through injuries uh maybe in his rookie year that that he didn't miss the game but he, he was dealing with arizona stuff. i just felt like he was dealing I with something say, a lot of that year too the the, the second it might have been the second arizona game it was a, it was the home arizona game 2019 that he would kind of was banged up a little bit he'd make a play then he'd come out he still had like 100 and something yards receiving but he like make a play, then he come out on the sideline. Then so there was something kind of nagging on there, but not anything to kind of hold him off of the field. Mm. You know what's crazy about Debo for how how most most of his targets are condensed and not very far from the line of scrimmage and not a lot of air yards. He's still averaging eighteen point one yards per carry because of all the yak he's getting. I mean, it's crazy what he's doing right now. One of the best yak. Rec- you got to go back to probably um, Percy Harvin. Right, there you to go. find someone who's good as call. good after the catch as Debo is right now. Like he's he's nearly generational with what he can do after the catch. It's crazy. Not talked about like nearly enough. And again, everybody they crowned everybody else from that 2019 class: DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. Uh, who else was in there? Uh, Terry McLaurin, Jalen right? Hurd. Everybody took <laughs> Jalen Hurd. Everybody talked <laughs> about everybody else because Debo had an injury riddled sophomore season. Yeah, and now. It's like, no, like, after his rookie year, he was one of those guys that was in the mix. Hey, Debo's a baller. Debo's a baller. 
last year the injuries made him kind of the forgotten man, but this year he's you know it's like hey we hear you loud and clear, Debo. Well, we and last night too. I think last night was kind of a coming out party, you know, on national television, big old chain, you know, like that was that was a big night for Debo last night. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that you got to do it in prime time and have that yeah. moment in the sun, have that moment on TV holding up the chain. That was that was fantastic. I know some fans are going to be showing up in uh, at Levi's Stadium next time with some, uh, I don't know, cardboard, whatever you can find to make one of those big old, or if you got the cash, hey, get something custom and get the real deal, right? I don't know how many uh, how many diamonds and uh, how much gold was, was utilized in the one they have on the sideline. Don't think it's real, but who knows? These guys are, are ballers and have some money, so I could see someone throwing down crazy cash for something like that. But uh, anyway, no, it's fantastic. Yeah, and the 49ers getting the recognition on in prime time. Can they keep that going? That will be the topic next and some of your Listener questions coming up. We'll finish up this winky Wednesday. If you haven't tried Built Bars yet, I don't know what you're doing. You are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars can be chalky, waxy, just plain hard to choke down. Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience and one that you will enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're actually eating a candy bar and not a healthy protein bar. Built Bars are low in carbs, low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, and high in protein, so you stay satisfied, and they are healthy with benefits on top of just being purely delicious with so many flavors. They've got a mystery flavor, by the way, this month at Built.com. One of my favorite new flavors, Blueberry Muffin. Coconut marshmallow, coconut brownie chunk seems to be extremely popular, especially with the locked on hosts. So go to built.com, get a mixed box. If you don't know which flavor to try, you will not be disappointed. And you can get 15% off at built.com using promo code locked15. That is promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. What have you learned through the first half of the NFL season? You want to put that knowledge to use? Maybe make a little cash on the side? Well, BetOnline.ag is the perfect place to do it. New updated site and interface. More odds, props, contests than ever before. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. And you can bet on other things as well. We've got baseball playoffs going on. Basketball, hockey, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take an advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. And you can get a special bump with 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on. So go head over to your mobile device, website, desktop computer. You can access betonline.ag however you want. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, Wink, the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 11, the Minnesota Vikings in week 12, the Seattle Seahawks, who've looked ugly. Gosh, they were bad mm-hmm. even with Russell Wilson last week, uh, although he's clearly not healthy. That's another prime timer. That is December 5th in Seattle. Then the Cincinnati Bengals, Atlanta Falcons, Tennessee Titans, Houston Texans, and Los Angeles Rams. How many games are the Niners going to win the rest of the way? Do you think this is uh, this is where they turn the corner and they're going to roll out there and just be you know twelve and five now and just and just run the table because they can beat all these teams, yeah. But the ones they really have to win are the teams that are beatable: Jacksonville, um, Minnesota, Houston, Atlanta. obviously, 
and yeah. then it's Minnesota and Atlanta who they're battling with with the playoff spot. That's four wins right there. That gets you to eight wins on the season, and you got to win at least two more. So you got to beat mm-hmm. LA again, or you got to beat Tennessee, or you got to beat Cincinnati. Those are the only teams they're playing on the schedule that are above five hundred. And you know it's always tough in Seattle, but. Cincy's not playing well right now. No, no, they're not. They've, they've they just had their bye, so hopefully they don't write the ship. You know, during their bye week, uh, Tennessee obviously worries you quite a bit. You know that they're, they're looking good really good. Yeah, even with Derrick Henry not in there, it's like okay, that's a really good football team on both sides of the ball. That one's tough. That one looked a lot easier coming into the year than it looks right yeah. now with how well they're playing, and it's in Tennessee and on a short week. That's Thursday night football. Oof. So, well, that might be the best time to catch them, right? They're, they're probably yeah. on a short week, too. Hopefully they're not coming off a bye the week before or something. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I, I think that this weekend scares me a little bit. Uh, just, you know, you got that trap game short week. You know, you start on the East Coast time, although the 49ers play really well on that 10 a.m. start time. They've proven, they, you know, what they won. They, they won their first two this year, right? And then I think they won two or three last year also in the Yeah, day, they've maybe done four, well, yeah. and they've, they usually hold over if they have back-to-backs. They don't have a yeah. back-to-back, so they're just going to be traveling to – it's a long trip, you know, and yeah. they might be used to some crisp California cold winter weather at that point, and it might be uh, some some weird weather they're not used to. So who knows? You know, it could be a trap style of game for the 49ers, but those are the games you have to win. Like, if you can't beat the have Jaguars, to. then you got to start talking about Trey Lance again, right? But at yeah. least that's what Kyle Shanahan did, and that's what Jimmy Garoppolo did this week with an emphatic win on Monday Night Football is put some of that talk to rest for at least the time being. Um, yeah. I'm looking at the schedule, and nope. The Titans have their bye week, week 13. So they'll be at okay. Pittsburgh the Sunday before when the 49ers are at home against Atlanta, and then they'll go back home, and then that game on Thursday night will be on um, in Tennessee. Yeah. Okay, okay. That, that, that looks a little bit better, right? I mean, you don't want to play a, a fresh team when you're on a short week. Um, but, no, I mean, the, the Niners, you know, they can win any football game. They showed last night that they can go out. I mean, this is a Rams team that everybody was like, oh, man, they can't be stopped, you know. And then they lose to, what, Tennessee? You know, and that was a, that was a tough game for them. And then yeah. the 49ers come in and beat them. So it's it's the NFL, man. The Lions tied the Steelers. I mean, the Bucks lost. You know, it's like this is this is why we, we, why we watch, why we love it, why we root for our team every single week and think that they can win them all, right? I think 9-8 and eight probably gets you in at that seven, that, that seventh seed. In the yeah, just, just because of the weird teams at the bottom, I think it, yeah, you, know, you you can sneak in there at nine and eight. I think you could yeah. absolutely ten is ten is absolutely the goal, but nine could, especially if the tiebreakers. So those are huge mm-hmm. against Minnesota and the and the Falcons because those are the ones you might be tying with. You know who worries me right now is the Carolina Panthers because if Cam is anything near old Cam and they've got a pretty good defense right now uh, and and they, they have a little bit of a head start on the 49ers. It's only half a game right now but the Panthers who haven't had their bye yet and then the Saints are in the sixth seed and they're five and four and I'm kind of worried about them. They might be in a similar spot to the 49ers where you know good roster a lot of good players but I don't know what's going on at quarterback for them so I would take Jimmy G over whatever they got going um, in New Orleans. So uh, that that stuff is going to be fun with all four of those teams or all five of those teams you mentioned there with the 49ers for those last two spots and who knows only two games in the loss column behind the Los Angeles Rams are the 49ers right now and the Buccaneers, both with three losses. So it's not impossible that the Niners go on a heater and, and even pass up one of those teams. So uh, it's going to be fun down the stretch for sure. Here's another one. This one from Money Train Betters. He says, Jimmy has been a top five quarterback based on QBR the last three weeks. He was number three in the league versus the Bears, seven versus the Cards, number one versus the Rams last night. Why isn't this getting more recognition 
I realize it's probably because his stats aren't sexy, but you can't argue with the QBR ratings. And one thing the QBR ratings does is it doesn't really give extra credit to those West Coast style quarterbacks, the short passing game stuff, the dink and dunk quarterbacks. It doesn't it doesn't reward you as much as passer rating does for some of those things. So, you know, if you could be a 65% passer, but if you're just dumping it off and check down Charlie. So I think that shows you that he did make some big throws and that he was super efficient. So QBR is a good one to look at for Jimmy G because it's not going to give you extra credit for being in a Shanahan offense and letting a wide receiver get all the yak for you. I think the the reason you, they're not He's not getting a lot of national attention or anything like that. It's because they're a four and five football team. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's looked good three weeks in a row, but one of those was a loss. You know, it's not like he led his team to three straight and, you know, they're out of the cellar and all of this. Yeah. I, I want to see it again. Go do it against Jacksonville and then, and then, then we'll talk. And I think and Jacksonville just shut down Josh yeah. Allen. So, you know, that's a defense that is playing, you know, better. So, you know, you can go to Jacksonville on the mm-hmm. road and put together another performance like that. And we've talked about it. He's, he is stringing together the performances. And I think even against Arizona, Jimmy wasn't the reason why the right. 49ers lost that game. So, yeah, another good game. I, I'm pretty sure people will be talking about it. Matter of fact, I mean, they are talking about the fact that he's been able to hold off Trey Lance and the 49ers not be able to go to him. Right. And doing it in prime time and, and winning a game and beating a good team is, is part of it. The 49ers were bad all last year, and he was hurt, and it's just sort of out of sight, out of mind, I think, with Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's not like everyone's following the 49ers like 49ers fans are. It's like, hey, but he was good for two weeks. Why are you talking about him? You know. And I've seen a lot of that. The people are really mad. Um, tweets about, oh, you're, all the podcasters said the 49ers were going to lose this game. Well, yeah, of course we did, <laughs> because that's what the evidence showed. The 49ers were playing bad ball. And so I don't know why you'd expect the 49ers to go out there and just whoop up on the Rams. But now that you've seen it, okay, now it's like oh, they've shown some evidence of life here, and that's what's key in this one. Uh, one of my listeners on the Peacock and Williamson show, who's probably not listening to this show, he's not a 49ers fan, but he tweeted at me during the game, and he said, I never really watched this Debo guy very much. He's pretty awesome. <laughs> It's like, yeah, and I think that's it. There's a lot of guys that get recognition because you do something in prime time when everybody's watching. The 49ers haven't had a lot of big games and haven't been winning a lot of games. So I think people haven't been paying attention in a while. Yeah, I think, I think what, Debo, what Debo is doing right now, it, it should get more love, right? We're talking about, I mean, he is the second leading receiver in the NFL. But when you're not playing good football, it just kind of just gets swept under the rug a little bit. Like you said, Third in the NFL in all in a lot yards from scrimmage. Like that's that's Big. some special stuff. That's a special season that you're having. And to have someone say, uh, this Debo guy, uh, not sure who he is, but he's having a good game. Like he's been doing this all year. <laughs> right, yeah, and, right. and it, it happens a year late, but that's just what happens in the NFL because you 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 need the whole you need the the news cycle to hit for you as a player. So if the 49ers go into the playoffs, win a bunch of games, these primetime games, the Niners still have a bunch. You're playing big in these games when everyone's watching. You start to get a lot of pub. And you know what? When it'll really happen for Debo Samuel is next off season. When everyone looks at their fantasy football draft rankings and they're like, hey, Debo Samuel's pretty high. He must be pretty good. And then all of a sudden now you're grandfathered in and you're a good receiver in the NFL because you're on all these lists all of a sudden. <laughs> no, that's not when they'll, they'll start paying attention when they start talking about that money because he's going to, next yeah. year will be his contract season. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if they start talking about his contract in the offseason. How much is Debo going to have to get paid? <laughs> that's the, that's the right. big one. There are yeah. some people, I think they're confused. They think that. This is his contract here, and that's why he's played so well. No, this is not it. This nope. is not it. It's year three. But he could potentially be pay, pay, uh, playing to earn an early paycheck. So, uh, right. yeah, that that money, it, it could be north of of twenty million dollars, and they're not letting him go. I want 49 fans get that out of your heads right now. They're not letting Debo Samuel walk at right. all. Not even an option. 
No. No, no, no chance. No, you just I've give them people, Jimmy's they're, they're like, next year. People are worried about paying them. Like, oh, uh, they're going to have to pay Debo. Are they going to pay him? Like, hell yeah, they're paying Debo. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not going to let any star-level players leave either. No. If he throws up 1,800 yards, they're not going to let that guy go. They think they learned their lesson with uh, with DeForest Buckner. If anything, they would probably trade Ayuk before they let Debo walk. Oh, yeah. I wonder what they could have got for Ayuk in the offseason when they had all this heat. Like, if the 49ers realized, that, we don't really even like this guy this much and everyone loves him, maybe we should trade him. Like, I wonder what they could have got, you know? Yeah, he looked like a possession receiver last night. Like, okay, just get that guy the ball on third down. Yeah, he's like the fourth option right now for, for Kyle. Yeah. Did you see what Ramsey okay, did but... to him? What, what happened? So, Ramsey, he, like, broke up a pass. He did this a couple times, Ramsey. Uh, first of all, it's like, Jimmy, you have all these other places to throw. Stop throwing that Jalen Ramsey. Right. He damn near had a pick six. We're lucky he just dropped the ball. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he was right there to, to take that to the crib, right? Yeah, it can be real dangerous. Then he threw another one that was a little high and behind Jawan Jennings. That was another one that Jalen Ramsey could have possibly picked off. And I see Jalen Ramsey start mouthing off to the 49ers sideline. Hey, what where, where's the where's the flag? Like you did uh the 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 guy uh Marsh. Right, remember he stared down that. Yeah, that was it. The Steelers or Bears then got hip checked yeah. by the ref. Yeah, got yeah. hip checked, but yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, he was mouthing, and I could see like the 49er players' faces because it was kind of showing on the replay. They kind of you know laugh and smile, but it's like, yeah, man, stop, <laughs> stop messing with this guy. Stop throwing mm-hmm. at him. Yeah, he, uh, he kind of gave uh, Ayuk the business a little bit, like yeah. threw his arm off of him. Oh, like, I you know, I think mouthing. I think yeah. Ayuk held him. After. He held him a little yeah, long. And then, and yeah, then, and then, yeah, because I was the same way. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, oh, I, you kind of asked for it. Did yeah. you hear Jimmy Ward's comments after the game where he said he owes Odell one because he said Odell hit him pretty yeah. good after that interception? And he said, yeah, yeah I'm going to have to get him next time. I'm going to have yeah. to put a lick on I don't on know him. who it was on Twitter, but they put up stats like Odell's catches and yards and then Jimmy Ward's catches, catches and yards. yards. <laughs> Yeah, because Odell <laughs> caught what, two passes, right? Like two passes. Yeah, for, had two. He had yeah, the first catch of the game and then disappeared. Yeah, that was great. Wink, I was waiting for this story to talk to you about it. We're going to end with this just really quick here. Who you got in the boxing match upcoming with three-time NBA All-Star Darren Williams fighting longtime NFL running back, former 49er, 49ers legend Frank Gore in a four-round heavyweight bout on Showtime pay-per-view. This is December 18th when this fight is going down. Darren Williams, 37 years old. Frank Gore, 38 years old. I would imagine Williams being 6'3", a basketball player, has got a big reach advantage mm-hmm. on Frank Gore, but that compact power. I mean, Frank Gore built a lot like Iron Mike Tyson, so I, if he can get inside <laughs> on Williams, that, that could end quickly. Uh, what do you think? How do you see this yeah. one going? I mean, you look at the tail of the tape, and it all kind of favors Williams, right? But then, you know what you can't see on the tail of the tape? Heart. Frank Gore, baby. Frank Gore all the way. And Frank Gore, you can hit him all day. What does he care? Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't want to see him get beat up, though. No, like, that's going to hurt. No. That's going to hurt my heart. I, I definitely won't watch like... it. <laughs> Can't do it. And he's been training for a long time, right? Like That's been his yeah. thing for a while, is training for boxing. But Darren Williams, apparently, has been training for a while, too, and owns an MMA gym. But here's the thing. There's no leg locks. This is a boxing match, too. So I don't care how good your grappling is. This is boxing. Can you throw hands? And basketball players against football players, I don't know how many basketball players. Have You see those basketball fights? They have the yeah. weakest punches ever. Wailing. Flailing. Like, throwing close haymakers. your fist at least, dude. What are you doing? It's pretty amazing. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be Football players will punch you in the, in the helmet, man. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't care. care. Deion Sanders versus Andre Risen. Like, that's the really best. Yeah. 
No flags on that play. <laughs> all right, so put all your money. Bet the house on Frank Gore. There you go. Thanks, guys. Wink, thanks for joining us here, as always. My pleasure, as always. Croc and I back tomorrow. It's already time for a little Thursday crossover here. We'll be talking with Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars, getting ready for week 11, a short week here as the 49ers travel to Jacksonville. Thanks for making us your first listen every day right here, Locked On 49ers. See you.